Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to week seven in the NFL. Hopefully you guys had a profitable week six. And uh, I think, as usual, we'll just hop right in. If you guys have not joined me before, basically what I do is I just set a cash game lineup here. Go over some of my favorite plays on the week, how I evaluate and kind of pick those players, and just my general thought process on roster construction and uh, building the... I guess what you'll say optimal lineup um, even though it's not ran through like any sort of an optimizer or anything like that um, all right cool well let's start off with quarterback like we usually do lots of good plays Tom Brady at Pittsburgh love it um, I think though that Matt Ryan at 7200 is the the way to go if you are paying up in cash uh, we are not however though once again, we're going to dip back down here to some of the lower price guys. We're going to take Andy Dalton, uh, mostly because Cleveland is a team that we should be targeting on a week-to-week basis, and I think Dalton is the the guy that I want the most exposure to this week. Um, they're allowing, they, as in Cleveland, are allowing close to 22 DK points to opposing teams' quarterbacks, and Dalton's been super consistent. He hasn't been, like, stellar. But four of his six games have been for more than 21 DraftKings points. The Bengals have one of the highest implied team totals sitting at 27.75 points, and they're a huge 10-point uh, favorites. It's also worth noting that uh, Andy Dalton is averaging close to three passing TDs per, per game this year, and it, Eifert was uh, limited on Wednesday, and I believe he was full participant on Thursday. So if he does play some limited snaps, he might get those in the red zone, kind of like how we saw Gronk back or Gronk in his first game back. He he played um, very limited snaps, and most of his stuff was just like run blocking. But he did see a red zone target and ran a few routes in the red zone. Eifert could be the same thing. It's not. I'm not saying like that's huge, but it obviously it helps um, the the red rifle here. So I think for six k, that's that's who I'm honestly locking in uh, like I might be 100% exposed to him in my cash game I am contemplating running two different cash game lineups out there but I think Dalton is going to be in both of them um, and I'll, I'll kind of get more or get to that a little bit later just where some of those pivots will be um, tell you what we'll get this guy out of the way we'll go to a running back here and we're gonna get uh, Jacquez Rogers at 4,300 bucks. Doug Martin's not going to be playing on Sunday, which means we might see another, you know, 25 plus touch game for Rogers. I think he had 35 touches, um, the game prior to their buy. And he's going up against San Francisco who's currently giving up an average of 32 total touches and 1.5 TDs per game to opposing teams running backs. Tampa Bay has a super healthy implied team total at 24.5 points. And they are a slight favorite. They are on the road, so not like checking all the boxes, but still a favorite. Great implied team total. Um, I, I'm fine with Rodgers just due to the amount of touches and the the, the volume that he's going to get in Week 7 versus uh, a, a team who's running a play like every 24 seconds, I think is exactly what it is, which is highest in the league. So lots of opportunity for Tampa Bay. And let's see, we got, um, we can grab a running or uh, our first wide out here. And I, I swear I'm not point chasing here with with Golden Tate. Uh, he's 4,900 bucks. 
I think if if you listen to the podcast last week with with Nick and Pat, they were both on Tay. I kind of brushed them off, which was uh, my biggest regret in in week six. But we'll not dwell on that too much. Riddick and and Ebron both missed practice on Wednesday, um, so they they might be limited or not even play on Sunday. And this means that Tate could could have another ten target game. Like I said, he's only forty nine hundred bucks. Uh, Detroit has a implied team total of 25 points and Washington is allowing close to 14.5 yards per reception. I'm having a really hard time not working him in at that, that price point. Cam Meredith went on the Thursday slate, so we don't get to utilize him at his salary for that relief. And I think, um, that's where I'm, I'm finding golden Tate into my lineups is just really for that sal cap relief. Not that Rogers doesn't offer it, but you'll, you'll see why I want it here in a little bit. Let's get another running back and we'll get another chalky play out of the way. DeMarco Murray, 7,200 bucks. The Colts are extremely friendly versus opposing teams running backs, allowing close to five yards per rush attempt, uh, which is leading teams to running the ball about 22 times uh, per game versus them. Murray is an extremely good spot as he has an implied team total of 25 and he is a home favorite. I think David Johnson is clearly... Um, the best running back on the slate here at, at 7,400 bucks, but I'm, he's, he's honestly, he's like matchup proof, right? You hear people say that a lot. I just, I would prefer to, to take DeMarco Murray in what is a good spot and he's going to see and should see near the same amount of volume that David Johnson is going to see. So I'm totally fine. If you want to lock DJ in, you, you can, I'm not going to argue that at all. I'm just on Murray this week in the plus matchup. So a guy that I'm going to go back to the well on here at our wide receiver spot is Jeremy Macklin. Um, he let me down big last week in what was a, a plus matchup versus Oakland. But I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to go right back to him here against the Saints. Kansas City has a huge implied team total sitting at 28.25 points. And Macklin should start to see his... Uh, his market share of targets creep back up towards the 26th, 27th percentile, which is where they were last year. He's only at 23% right now. So I I don't know why they're not getting them the ball as much as they were, but I, I think we could start to see that trend happen in week seven against the Saints. And I don't need to really touch on how bad the Saints are, but just in case you're new to, to DFS or you know haven't been following NFL a lot, they're allowing a league high 211 yards and 13.7 yards per reception to opposing teams' wide receivers. So obviously you can target target the Saints in the run or the pass, and I'm going to get some exposure to this game with Macklin. Um, let's get rid of our defense here just so we can see kind of what we're working with. Patriots at $2,900. Um, I, I think that you can either spend down at defense, like just find the the cheapest price, like home defense, even if they're facing against a team who has like a 23, you know, 22 and a half point implied team total. Or I think you just, you kind of go up at defense and, and you get somebody uh, who you think is just a, a clear lock. I don't see a lot of clear locks this week in, in any spots except for the Patriots. Landry Jones is not good at football and, Vegas agrees. Pittsburgh has a projected team total of 19 points, and Landry should be looking to force feed the ball to his receivers. 
and that's going to help generate some turnovers. Um, if you do want to save some salary cap, you can definitely go down to, um, oh gosh, who is it? I think, what was it, Oakland? Were they? So yeah, you can you can look for Oakland here, even though they are away. Um, twenty four hundred bucks. Jackson Jacksonville uh, or Jacksonville Blake Bortles is top five of the league in terms of turning the ball over. So totally fine if you if you want this out cap relief, you can you can go to uh, the Raiders here. But we've got Patriots, and let's see what else do we need? Wide receiver, tight end, and a flex. Let's grab our tight end, and his name is Cameron Bray. So. Bray, as well as the rest of uh, Tampa Bay's team, is is somebody who, or I'm looking to get a lot of exposure to that team. Sorry to find my words there. Um, I touched on the implied team total, which is 24.5 points when I spoke about Jacquez a little bit earlier. But this is a killer spot for Bray with Vincent Jackson out. Bray was already seeing about 26% of the team's market share of red zone targets. And now we get to distribute Jackson's 17% of the red zone targets between Evans, Bray, and Rodgers. So I know some of you guys might have your concerns about going Tampa Bay or about going Tampa Bay, about stacking Tampa Bay in cash. It's not really like a huge stack, right? We're just targeting a guy who should see 20 plus touches. Realistically, I think we can look closer to like 23, 24 for quiz. And then a guy who's seeing a lot of his team's red zone targets in Cameron Bray on a team who has a high implied team total against a defense who is just very average. Like they're below average in, in most of all of the contextual factors that we want to target. So like I said, I'll show you why I'm looking at splitting my lineups in a little bit. Um, there's, there's also another stack that I'm looking at. And this is where both... Julio Jones and Devonta Freeman come into play for me. Um, once again, I know some of you guys are not a big fan of having this much exposure to guys on the same team. I think it's totally fine this week. These team totals are huge, and they're they're all in really good spots. I don't need to say much about Julio. He's currently seeing 24% of his team's target share. So I'll focus on, on Freeman here. Freeman's slowly starting to see the opportunities in the red zone that he saw last year. Over the past four weeks, he has seen 16 total touches, opposed to Tevin, Coleman, uh, Tevin Coleman's 10. Uh, Freeman also has six targets in that same span to Coleman's three. He's also playing about 10% more snaps than Tevin is, and all of that coupled with Atlanta being a huge home favorite, sitting at 10 points, and they have an implied team total of 28. I, I'm having a hard time getting away from both Julio and Devontae Freeman uh, Tevin Coleman, honestly, you could work him here into the flex too and get some sal cap, cap relief. So as I mentioned before, like if you're not a fan of, of you know, stacking these guys this much, um, we can we can remove, uh, let's see, we can do Freeman, Macklin, and Brait, and that still leaves us with a guy like Quiz and... Uh, Julio Jones, so guys who we definitely want to have exposure to. And we can go with like, uh, let's see, I don't remember exactly who it was. James White, um, who I'll touch on a little bit. Tight end, I believe, was Hunter Henry at $3,600. And then we've got $7,300, so I believe is Allen Robinson at 7300 
So you can see we, we no longer have that stack anymore, and we're still getting exposure to guys who I'm, I'm huge fans of this week with A-Rob, Julio, Hunter Henry, and James White. Um, I think A-Rob speaks for himself, but I'll kind of touch on, on Hunter and White here. In the, in the past two weeks, Hunter played 68% and 82% of the snaps compared to 35% and 47%, uh, which were Gates' snaps. The, the over-under is also set to 53 points, and I think bringing Hunter in with Julio here is, is a good way to, to get exposure on both sides of the ball. Um, I think Hunter's also going to see a handful of the, the red zone targets because he, he has been seeing them. So James White, I know, is, is a little bit hard to stomach, but it was nice to see as, as I was working through my process, uh, I noticed that Pat James was also on on uh pat james was also on james white uh so i'm gonna go ahead and read pat's analysis here directly from his cash game write-up and he says while fantasy value is directly tied to tom brady not only does tom take what the defense gives them and checks down to white if need be but the pats also throw the ball like beasts when brady is on the field since brady has returned white has outsnapped blount whereas through the first four weeks blount dominated the snaps played White is now getting looks in the red zone also, converting two targets into two touchdowns last week against the Bengals. White is a game white is game flow dependent. White is white is game flow dependent in that he probably won't be on the field in a major blowout late in the game, but the Patriots don't really take their foot off the gas until very late in the game. With the targets that he is getting with Brady back, uh, eight per game, and a low A dot type of targets White sees. He has a floor for 10 points, and I totally agree. It's the floor that I'm targeting here. And if those red zone targets do continue, White is more than viable at $4,600. So um, kind of giving you two different cash game lineups here and obviously mix and match as you please. As usual, don't fire these directly as I have them. Uh, you know, you guys should be having fun setting your own lineups, coming up with your own um tournament lineups things like that but by all means use these as a core and more or less just a way of how i'm constructing lineups this week with that said if you guys have any questions drop them in the comments below don't forget to hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications so you get these videos right when i publish them all right guys good luck in week seven and i'll see you next week take care